on to my time slide, Brother Marcus. Amen. I give honor to my beloved wife on today. Amen. And she continues to co-labor beside me. Amen. But I have to tell y'all, I'm excited about this word on today. Amen. I don't know um, what it is, but I feel God doing something in my life. Amen. And I'm going to invite y'all to go with me whether you want to go or not. Amen. I'm going I'm to I'm give you the invitation anyway. It's going to be up to you whether you want to go or not. Amen. And so um, I thank God for the word that has gone forth the past two weeks. Amen. From um, our minister. Amen. And from our usher. I thank God, especially as I was feeling under the weather. Um, and God has me picking up where I left off the last time I preached in this in this series, Mission Mode. Amen. And, and this Sunday, he has given me the title, Do the Work. Amen. Do the Work. Um, and I'm going to be in Luke chapter 5. And y'all don't have to stand because I, I already told you to get your pills and paper ready. Amen. So you can sit and write. Amen. And the title just, it just comes from, amen, so many times we desire for God to do things in our life. And, and this is God's response to us today. Do the work. Amen. Do the work. And I know you might be thinking I do the work or I've been trying to do the work or uh, what you mean? I work hard. I'm so tired. I'm tired of working, Pastor. What you mean? Do the work. Amen. I'm going to tell you what I mean today when God says do the work. If you want to be delivered, if you want to be set free, if you want to be whole, if you want to be whatever that word is, you got to do the work. Amen. You got to do the work. Luke 5 verses 1 and 2. One day Jesus was standing on the shore of Lake Gennesaret while the people pushed their way up to him to listen to the word of God. He saw two boats pulled up on the beach. The fishermen had left them, and they were washing the nets. Amen. Do the work. If you want God to do something in your life, you have to desire to know God. You have to desire. Not pastor have to desire. Not pastor, not mama, not grandmama force you. Not because of what other people said about God or what you thought about God. You have to do the work. You have to get to know who God is for yourself. You have to spend time trying to find him. You have to do the work to get the details. So many of our relationships are based on what we have heard about God, and we have not spent the time to get the details. Without the details, you don't really know how you got to where you are. Without the details, you don't really know. And that's why I thank, I thank God so much for our usher's testimony. Amen. She started to fill in some of the details. And when she starts to speak and she starts to fill in some of the details of her story, amen, that's doing the work. Right? She didn't just arrive. Like she just didn't wake up that morning, right? God had been working on her. How long you been going here, sis? Almost two years. God been working on her almost two years. She's been doing the work. And sometimes, yes, the road gets rocky. Sometimes you don't feel like doing the work. Sometimes you don't feel like getting into the details of the stuff. But if you want to go somewhere, you got you to gotta do the work. You got to get into the details. 
So as I began to prepare this sermon, there's this thing called the synoptic gospels. That's when you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, right? When you like, if you read them, if you notice like some stories happen in different chapters in the books, where there's there's this book that'll lay all of the stuff, all of the stories out in each book. It'll lay it side by side. So when I read Luke, this is not the beginning of the story. You would think it is if you only read Luke. But if you go back and you read Matthew and start to fill in some of the details, you will realize that Jesus didn't just walk up on the beach, that somebody brought him there. Right? But I'm choosing Luke today because there's a specific move of God that I want y'all to understand. I want you to understand how God draws the disciples because there's two callings. If you read Matthew, it's going to describe to you how Jesus called these men. They were fishing. Jesus was like, come on and go with me. And they followed Jesus, right? But they were not his disciples yet. They just followed him, but they still maintained their day-to-day job. They still kept doing what they had been doing. They still kept working the same way, doing the same thing, but I'm going to go check you out, Jesus. They were not disciples yet. They don't become disciples until you get to Luke. And I think that's a fitting point for us to start because I feel like most people in this room have heard about Jesus and are willing to say, Jesus, I'll check you out. I see what you're talking about. Right. But at the same time, most of us have not fully made up our mind. Pastor Carter used to call it selling out. I don't think most of us have made up our mind to sell out to God. Right. That's when you leave everything and follow him. Lord, I thank you. So when you when you're doing the work, you got to get all the details. Right. The other gospels fill in all of the details. And one of the things that I want to point out to you about these first two verses, the word says that Jesus was standing on the shore and people were pushing their way to hear from him. They were so crowded that he had to get in his boat and go off a little from the shore so he could preach because they were surrounding him. Right. And so here is my here is my first thought for y'all. Right. Here's my first thought for y'all. Jesus sees us through the crowd. Although he was surrounded by other people, he saw these men in the boat and he said, that's where I want to go. He'll do the same thing for you. Even though you can be in a crowd of things, Jesus will spot you out in the crowd and say, I want to go be with Tanya. Right? I want to go be with Kiara. He'll spot you out in the crowd. Right? He'll spot you out in the crowd. But you have to have a desire You have to have a desire to allow him to get into your boat. Lord, I thank you. Jesus knows who has the desire. It's not that he's not willing. He's ready. He's willing and he's able to do whatever you need. It's not not that he does not want to, but he knows who has a desire. How many of y'all would waste time on a person? I mean, we do it all the time. We waste time on people that don't really want to be with us. I'm about to say how many of y'all would do that, but we do it all the time. Jesus is smarter than that. Right? He doesn't waste time with people he knows don't have a desire to surrender. That's why he didn't call everybody. He called 12. Lord, I thank you. 
He knows who is willing to follow and who's just there to see what's going on. Did I say he does not love you? No. Did I say he's going to punish you? No. All I said is he knows who you are. He knows when you're there just to see what's going on. He knows when you're there just to get a blessing. He knows when you're there because you just want to see a miracle. Right? He knows when you're there just to see what Jesus is going to do next. And when you want to follow him and serve him and allow him to be the Lord of your life. And so I, I struggled with this last night. I struggled with this this morning. But here is the challenge. I'm going to do it regardless. And I say I struggled with it because I know what the, and, and let me, let me, I, I want to make sure that I say it just how God says it. When I give you this challenge, when I give you this challenge, I want you to understand, number one, that you don't have to do it. Number one, that it is not a threat. Nothing bad is going to happen to you if you don't do it. So I don't want you to feel any kind of pressure about what I'm getting ready to ask you to do. I don't want you to feel, no, that this is simply if you want to. Because I'm going to do it anyway. Right? I'm going to do it anyway. And so the challenge and the invitation is for the next three months, for the next three months, if you're willing, and if you can't do three, do one. And if you can't, if you want to, you can't do three, but you want to do two, do two. Right? I want to challenge you, amen, to stop watching TV. I want to challenge you to listen to nothing but gospel music. I want to challenge you to get off social media if you are not using it to promote your livelihood. For example, I know my daughter, Kiara, she, that's how she gets her clients. Right? Okay? But everybody else in here, if you, if you ain't using your social media to get clients or to, or, or to promote your business or your livelihood, because I consider that, whether she knows it or not, I consider that to be her ministry. I'm going somewhere with this. For the next three months, you can't do three, do two, do one. I want you to cut that TV off. And, and y'all, let me tell you why this is hard for me. Because the only thing I watch on TV is basketball. And guess what season it is? It is the playoffs. It's getting ready to be the NBA Finals. The draft. I, I done thought about everything that's going to happen in the next month. The Spurs just done got the first pick. The draft coming up. and I, like, I'm thinking about all this stuff that's getting ready to happen. Right? My mind done, done started thinking about, well, we going on vacation. That means I can't watch TV in the hotel. Like, woo. Right? I want you to turn that Netflix off. Oh, he said, he said, he said, we can't watch TV. He ain't nothing about our phone. He ain't nothing about Netflix and Hulu. He ain't saying nothing about YouTube. All of it. If you are not listening to a sermon, if you are not listening to something that pertains to the word of God, I challenge you. I challenge you. Luke 5 and 3 says, Jesus got into one of the boats. It belonged to Simon, and, and Jesus got in, and he asked Simon to push off a little from the shore. Jesus sat in the boat and taught the crowd. When Jesus gets in your boat, 
Jesus occupies. When, when Jesus knows that you have a desire to be where he is, he will occupy your personal space. Right now, Jesus can't get in our personal space because we got too many other things in our personal space. We got too many other voices in our personal space. We keep talking about we don't have enough time. We keep talking about we can't focus. We keep talking about we procrastinate. You telling me the God of the universe can't get you right? That's a lie. It ain't him. I challenge y'all. Jesus is willing to occupy your personal space and give you orders, right? I love the fact that say he got on, he got in Simon's boat, but he continued to preach to the multitude. He will get in your personal space while still addressing your outside circumstances. He'll handle the multitudes while he in your personal space. Why would Jesus get in my boat and still talk to other people? Because the lesson is twofold. Jesus will let you know I can be present with you and still handle the world. Some of us think we got to be handling, we got to be doing stuff. We got to be handling in the world. Jesus like, I can be present with you. Let me tell y'all why y'all stay so busy. Why you stay on your phone. Why you stay in your TV. Because you're uncomfortable with yourself. You're uncomfortable with your own thoughts. You don't, some of y'all don't know what y'all would do with the room quiet. That's why I say cut the TV off and the music off. Because you don't know what you would do if you didn't have other voices speaking into your life. You don't know what you would do. You'll be uncomfortable. Like what? Most of y'all are probably going to try to go to sleep. You're going to say, it's so quiet. I might as well just take me a nap. I'm just going to use this time to rest. Rest in the Lord. No, you sleeping. Because that's just another way for you to be distracted. You just another way for you to be distracted from dealing with your stuff. And you wonder why you can't be productive for real. Lord, I thank you. Jesus says, because I can, I can be in your brain and still preach to the other people because I can be present with you and still handle the word. Number two, why Jesus is in your boat talking to other people, he wants you paying attention to the teaching and not worry about how he's going to address you. Let me say that again. Jesus gets in your personal space and you're like, why? Okay, Jesus, you got in my boat, but you ain't even talking to me. You still talking to them because he wants you to shut up and just listen and learn for a little bit. Stop thinking you got to be the center of attention or you got to do it. Just sit back and while you're going through these one month, two months or the next three months, observe what Jesus is trying to do in the lives of not only your life, but the lives of the people around you. We so consumed with all this other stuff, you can't even see what Jesus is trying to do with your child. When the last time you had a conversation with your child about their soul? These kids right here commit suicide. When the last time you talked to your child about Jesus? You too busy, right? You got to do the work. Do the work. And got in my nose. Sit your tail down somewhere. <laughs> Sit your tail down somewhere. And learn until God speaks to you. Just sit in the boat. And listen. 
while he talking to other people, don't be saying, when is my turn? And God, when you going to do this? And I don't understand how this going to happen. And when you going to do this for me? And please give me this. And please do that for me. Sit your tail down somewhere. And listen. The other part of this challenge, mess some of y'all up again. See, thank you. I'll speak about that to me. I want you to, I want you for three months, while you got this TV and all this other stuff off, I dare y'all to come to church every Sunday. Come to Bible study every Wednesday. If you can't do three months, do one month. That's four, that's four Sundays and four Bible studies. Eight. Four plus four is eight. I challenge you. I challenge you. You telling me I'm I'm about to be 44 years old. So out of 44 years, I can't give God four Sundays and four Wednesdays. Out of all the years he's giving you, however old you are, out of all the years he's giving you, you can't give him four straight Sundays and four straight Wednesdays. See, when God starts talking to us like this, it makes us uncomfortable. We, we want to call, that's religion. You ain't got to do all of that. You ain't got to do all of that to have a relationship. You don't want to do the work. Let's <laughs> just tell the truth. You don't want to do the work. Other things are more important than you than what I'm talking about right now. You don't want to do the work. You want him to bless you, but you don't want to do the work. You show up to them job four straight Wednesdays. Oh, you show up to that job four straight Wednesdays, four straight Mondays, four straight Tuesdays, four straight Thursdays, four straight Fridays. You show up to it. Give him four straight Sundays and four straight Wednesdays. The word says that when Jesus finished speaking, he said to Simon, push the boat out a little further into deep water. If you can't sit with him for a little bit while he's handling all this other stuff, you can't sit with him when he tells you to push out in the deep water. You're going to be like, I'm ready to get out the boat. You ain't talking to me. He says, push out into the deep water. You and your partners let down your nets for a catch. So here's my, here's my other little nugget. Whatever God asks you to do will require work. When you go to your job, your boss don't require your work. They don't require you to do nothing. You just show up or you got tasks and stuff that you got to get completed. Whatever God asks you to do is going to require your work. I don't care if you self-employed or you work for somebody else. You're going to have to work if you're going to be great at it. Get over it. Get over it. Whatever God asks you to do, you're going to have to do some work. Stop thinking you ain't going to have to work. Work is not running all over the place. Work is not running all over the place. And let me tell y'all something else. Rest is not sleeping. Work and rest is the same thing. Let me tell you what it is. It's obedience. When you're obedient, Work won't feel like work. And when you're obedient, when you're resting, you won't even know you're resting. It just feels like, ooh, this feels good. It's rest. We spend so many times trying to, to categorize what we're doing. 
when I started to think when God gave me this, when he said, this is what I want you to do, I was like, what you mean? I work hard. I work hard. You telling me I can't, after I don't get a hard day's work, I can't go home and cut on the game? I work hard. Right? I've been, on, I've been on the UPS truck all day. All I want to do is just, just keep my feet up and, and watch a little. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Ain't it? I told y'all you don't have to do it. This, this ain't, I told you you don't have to do it. See, that's how our brain works, though. We don't, we don't want to, like, we, we have to the Bible say a, even a fool weighs the cost. If you want something for God, what are you what are you willing to do? Work and rest are both obedience. This man, Jesus told him, say, push your boat out a little bit further. And, and this is the response. Simon says, Master. We have worked hard all night. We have worked all night long and caught nothing. But if you say so, I will let down the nets. God say you've tried it your way. You've worked all night long and you ain't caught nothing. You don't work all night long and have caught nothing. Why y'all think rich people go crazy? Because they did all that work and they still got all that money and they still be unhappy. You don't work all night long and have not caught nothing. Right? Our response should be, but at your word, Lord. I have tried it my way, but at your word, I'm going to do this. I'm going to try it your way. The word says that they let down the net and they caught such a large number of fish that the net was about to break. Let me tell y'all something. God is better at everything than you. He is better at everything than you except sin. Y'all got, we got to be that. that. He's better at everything than you. When I say, but at your word, you've been trying it all night long. This man get in the boat and say, drop your net. And does nothing else. Nothing else but speak. Nothing else but drop your net. Nothing else. He don't go, he don't go networking. He don't go scamming. He don't go hustling. Right? He don't go beating down doors. He don't go advertising. He say, drop your net. Drop your net. I dare you, three months. Drop your, drop your net. See, see what you see what you done tried it your way. Three months. Three months. See what you can't. Drop drop your net. Drop your net. He is better than everything than you. He can do easily with the word everything you work so hard to do every day. All the ways you try to promote that gym, he can do easily with the word. He can just say, go over there. Let me bump it in this person. He just be throwing it at this. Doing a day what you've been trying to do all year. Drop your neck. The things you struggle with, he can overcome with a simple word. Why won't you trust him? Because you don't want to do the work. You don't want to do the work. They caught so many fish. It says that they motioned to their partners 
in the other boat to come and help them. They came and filled the boat so full of fish that the boats were about to sink. Here's my next point. You can't motion to others until you've done the work. I can't tell my friends to come get the fish if I don't let Jesus in the boat. If I say, man, we've been fishing all night. I ain't dropping my net no more, Jesus. Y'all got to understand that these nets had, had lead weights attached to them. They had been out there dropping this net in the water, pulling it back up all night long and had caught nothing. And here Jesus comes saying, throw it in one more time. They're like, we've been out here dropping lead into the water and picking it up all night and you asking us to do it again? If you don't be obedient, right? And see, that's our thing. We be motioning. Come on, y'all. Let's let go. Let's get this thing popping. Let's get this. Let's, let's make this thing happen. Let's, let's, come on. Come on. Let's, 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 let's be great. You motioning people over and you ain't even strong enough to keep yourself standing. You are not, and you're not strong enough to keep yourself standing because you ain't let Jesus in the boat. You trying, what, what, Kiera, tell me what happened when somebody come in the gym and say, put the 45s on there, the 35, the 25, the 10s, and the 15s, I'm ready. And they ain't never been in the gym before. What's going to happen when they start trying to lift that weight? <laughs> she, she started us out on them lightweights. Why? Why? Because you're not ready. You got to do the work before you start doing heavy lifting. You can't motion others over until you've done the work. And if you avoid ministering to others because you're trying to avoid doing the work, then you're wasting your life. Because I y'all think y'all smart. Well, I just want I just want to try to help other people. I'm just gonna focus on me. I just ain't gonna try to share the gospel. I'm just gonna do me. I ain't gonna do what he called me to do. I'm just gonna stay in my bubble. Then you never gonna be who you supposed to be. <laughs> Y'all got to start to realize that your gifts are not for you, they're for other people. And you won't know how they work. You won't know how your gifts work. You won't know what you're really called to do until you start walking in faith. You can't know the plan and then start doing it. That's not faith. Faith is the substance of things what? Unseen. You can't see it. You got to start working in it, operating in it, walking in it, and then you'll learn what to do. So there ain't no loophole that you can get out of doing the work. Lord, I thank you. When we do the work, the overflow of that work has the ability to bless others. And I want to remind y'all that work is simply obedience. That's why Jesus says to us that his burden is easy. And his yoke is light because when you're doing work for Jesus, it does not feel like work. It only, let me tell y'all the only time it get heavy when you're doing the stuff that God wants you to do. You know why it's heavy? Because you don't want to do it. You want to do what you want to do. And that's what makes it difficult. That's that Romans 7. That's that flesh. You are at war. Your spirit saying, God, I know I need to do these three months. But your flesh saying, man. Your spirit saying, I know I need to turn down that plate. I know I need to change my eating habits. I know I need to change what I'm watching. I know I need to change what I'm listening to. I know I need to change how I think. But that flesh saying, man, you know that food good? Man, you know you can't get that up. Man, you ain't going to have no friend. Man, everybody else doing it. You ain't got to do all that. 
Lord, I thank you. When Simon Peter saw what happened, he fell on his knees. So I'm talking about the fish. Simon Peter saw the overflow. The word says he fell on his knees before Jesus and said, go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. Here's my next point. Doing the work does not make you boastful. It makes you remorseful. Let me tell y'all why some of y'all have not had that experience. Because you didn't do the work in the beginning. Y'all thank God blessing you. Do the work and watch how he bless you. We be, we, so when Jesus says, I came to give life, and not only that, but I came to give it more abundantly, it implies, number one, that he gave life, right? So we operate, all of us, we woke up this morning, we have life. But he also tells us that this life that you're living, there is another level to it. There is abundant living. So we walking around thinking the little change we got in our bank account or the car, like, like ooh. That's life. Let me go on this trip. Let me go to Disney World. Let me, let me go universe. Let me do something. That's a, right? Life. But when you do the work, you will see that that's not really life, that he has another level, another standard. That's that's all that y'all know, y'all know that's all that. And I'm and I and I would love to travel. I would love to do stuff. But why? Why do you want to travel? Why do you want to do things? All of that, going places, doing things, spending money, it's the same thing as watching TV, watching Netflix. It's a, it's a distraction to momentarily get you away from your ordinary life. If you're going to travel, the reason needs to be, I'm going to travel with my sister or my brother or my husband and my wife. And it's not about the travel. It's because we're making memories that we're going to keep for a lifetime. I'm spending time with my loved ones because I'm not going to be here the rest of my life. Thank you, God, for allowing me to do this. So many of us travel so we can put it the pitch on there and, and then you come back to your normal life and guess what? You're miserable. But you return on vacation. Why? Because that can't fill the void. It can't. That little trip, them, them little three days can't fill the void. Lord, I thank you. Doing the work does not make you boastful. It don't make you want to like, ooh, look at, look at me, I'm doing the work. I'm doing the work. It makes you remorseful. The word says that Peter, when he saw how God could bless him, I had a conversation with somebody this week and they told me that um, they told me that they were in church. They told me that um, the altar call went forth. They told me that they had no desire to go to the altar, but they stood to their feet and they just closed their eyes and they stretched forth their hands as the pastor was praying for others. And then they said that they um, began to speak in tongues. They fell to their knees. And they said that the only thing they just did, the young man told me that his he said my my mouth was moving and I know it was not me, but in my head I knew what I was saying and I kept saying 
Lord, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And he said the reason that he continued to say I'm sorry was because I didn't believe that speaking in tongues was real. He said I had doubts that it was real. When God blesses you, it don't make you boast. It makes you realize like this what I like, Lord, I'm sorry. This is what I've been missing. This fullness. I haven't been acknowledging how much you love me. I, I haven't been appreciative of what you've given me. Lord, I'm sorry. You've been waking me up. You've been blessing me. You've been blessing my family. And I've been consumed with all this other stuff and not you. I'm sorry. It brings you to your knees when you do the work. When you do the work, it brings you to your knees. I'm getting there. The ninth verse says, he and the others that were with him were amazed at the large number of fish that they had caught. The same was true of Simon's partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee. Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. Here's my next point. You cannot be shocked at the stuff you already know. Say that again. You cannot be shocked at the stuff you already know. Why are you saying that, Pastor? Because when you do the work, God does things and reveals things to you that you do not know. That's why he told you to sit your tail down somewhere. And when you sit your tail down somewhere and stop thinking you know everything, he will do something that will amaze you. If you want to see a move of God in your life, you got to stop thinking you know all the moves of God. If you already know all of the moves of God, then nothing is going to be like, ooh, that's, that, that got to be God. Because you think you done seen everything. Do the work. When you do the work, it will amaze you. You will look back and say, what the world? I've been living like that for the last 20 years of my life, and I could have had this? It will shock you. How crazy. I go back and I like, just, just say I'm watching a commercial and I hear a, 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 a Jodeci or R. Kelly song and, I, and I, my brain say it. That's the dumbest song I ever heard. I used, to li- I used to listen to that. Do you hear what they singing about? What the what? What the what? What the man just said? And this stuff will start sounding stupid to you. Like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. You'll look back and say, what the world? What in the world was I doing before I met Jesus? Too many of y'all know too much to be followers of Jesus. Do y'all understand what it means to be a disciple? Had this thought this morning. Right. So when you when you ask somebody to disciple you, that means you are willing to follow them. Don't ask me to disciple you. And then when I start telling you what to do, you know everything. You don't want to be no disciple. You don't. And if you agree to disciple somebody, that means you are willing to teach them. But teach them what? 
So before you ask somebody to disciple you, you better understand, you better know what they teach you. Simon's friends had the same disposition as him, right? They saw what happened and they was amazed also, but this was only possible because they were close enough to witness the work. Would you, would you say that again, Pastor? So when Simon saw what happened in the boat, he was amazed. He fell to his knees. His friends were also amazed. You can't be amazed at what God is doing if you ain't in the room when God do it. That's why I told you to come to church. Some of us, we get so like, man, why God doing this for them? He doing it for you. you he would have did it for you too. You just went in the room when he did it. They will, if they went in the boat, if they didn't go out in the boat, like Simon, Jesus got in the boat with Simon and told Simon to push out. If they had to say, man, we going home, Simon crazy. Going out there with Jesus after he been fishing all night. If they didn't stay close enough to see Simon say, hey, man, y'all come get some of this, they would have missed their blessing. You got to be in a position to receive what God is trying to do. Don't, don't think it's a coincidence that he have you around Chels and Kier and, and Tony and all this. He's trying to keep you close enough so you can see what he's trying to do. That ain't coincidence. That's God. Thank you. The word says that they pulled the boats up on the beach, left everything, and followed Jesus. And I'm coming in, JJ. That's the 11th verse. And I want y'all to understand the difference between this and how it reads in Matthew. See, in Matthew, they just followed Jesus, but they didn't leave everything. There has to come a point in your life. There has to come a point in your life when you just not hanging around to see what's going to happen, but you have made a conscious decision that I'm going to leave everything, not some of my stuff, I'm going to leave everything and follow you. Why is this important? Because Jesus will make you successful at the very thing you make a living at to see if you love it more than him. For my son back here on these drums, say this. What you talking about, Pastor? Do y'all realize these men was fishermen, right? Jesus telling them to drop the net. They catch more fish than they ever caught in their life. <laughs> and their response to it was, I don't even want them fish. I'm going with you, Jesus. Why would Jesus do that? He made them successful at something they had been trying to do forever. And then when they get success, he says, step away from it. Follow me. Because he wants to see if you're willing to do the work. Or if you were just hanging around to get some fish. Do the work. You mean to tell me I caught more fish than I ever caught and you want me to drop everything and you leave? Yes, dummy. Yes. Talking to myself because you only did that at my word. The only reason you had the little bit of success that you've already had in that gym, on that basketball court, on that football field, in that profession, the only reason you had that little bit of success in the first place was because he allowed you to. And when he get ready to take it, he can take it. 
Yes, drop it and follow me. And when you fail to follow, it only shows that you were only cool with Jesus when you were getting what you wanted, but you ain't really want to do the work. Jesus said, right, the word says that he says, don't be afraid. Now you will be fisher of men. Let me tell y'all something. You ain't no fisherman, dummy. You are a fisher of men. You aren't a teacher. You are a teacher of men. You're not a trainer. You're a trainer of men. What you, why you keep saying that, Pastor? Because you think it's about the gym. It ain't. You think it's about the classroom. It ain't. You think it's about the players. It ain't. You're not, a, you're not an instructional coach. You're an instructional coach of men. What are you breathing into them teachers? What are you breathing into them students? What are you breathing into them babies? What are you breathing into them patients? What are you breathing into them clients? What are you breathing into them athletes? You thought you were there to teach them how to play basketball. No, that's just the tool. God says, I'm going to get you good at this. I'm going to use this. This is your hook. This your, throw that out there. That's your hook. They in the basketball? That's your hook. Now, when you reel them in, then what? You got to disciple them. You got to do the work. But you can't do the work on others until you what? Start the work on yourself. Drop everything and do the work. And do the work. And do the work. 